this is a great story in scripture. So Joshua sent spies into Jericho to scout out the land, and a woman named Rahab took them in, and she did hide them on her roof. And when the king's men came searching for her, she uh, led them into believing that they had already left the city. And after the guards left, Rahab went up to talk to the spies on the roof. And this is what it says in Joshua chapter 2. She says, I know the Lord has given you this land. We're all afraid of you. We've heard the rumors about all the things your God has done. And I believe the Lord your God is the supreme God of heavens above and of the earth below. So she asked the spies that when you come back to conquer the land, protect me, protect my family. And the spies promised to do that. So they asked her to let a red cord hang outside of her windows so that when they come back to conquer the city, they'll know which house is the house of Rahab. And they said to have her whole family in there and they would spare her life. And true to their word, later on in Joshua chapter 6, when we see the children of Israel come and conquer the city of Jericho, we see that they go to the house of Rahab and they take her and her family, and they let them leave the city, and they go and they move in with the children of Israel and become a part of their family. It's a pretty incredible story when you think about it, because not only does Rahab save the spies and help the children of Israel, she's then grafted into the people of Israel. She then becomes a part of her of their family. Now, this is really interesting. We see her name sprinkled throughout Scripture in a couple different places. And one really interesting place is in Matthew chapter 1. In Matthew chapter 1, it lists the genealogy of Jesus. That means it lists all of the ancestors of Christ. And I'm going to just read through a few of it. I won't go through all of it because that's a long list. But in Matthew chapter 1, it says, This is a record of the ancestors of Jesus the Messiah, a descendant of David and of Abraham. So Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac was the father of Jacob, and Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez was, from the, was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Amimadad. Amimadad was the father of Nashon. Nashon was the father of Salmon. Now here we go. Salmon was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, and Obed was the father of Jesse, and Jesse was the father of David. Now, I'm going to stop there for a second, because as I was studying this, if you have read the book of Ruth in the Bible, an incredible story about how Ruth and Naomi go through these hardships, and Boaz, a distant relative, ends up taking care of them, I never quite made the connection before that Boaz is the son of this Rahab. This is the Rahab. So when you read that story in the book of Ruth and you read about Boaz and the kindness that he shows, you can now think of this fact that his mother, one generation before, was a prostitute in Jericho. That's our same Rahab. So Rahab was the mother of, um, of Boaz. And Jewish legend says, now we don't know that this is true, but Jewish legend says that her husband Salmon was one of the spies that she protected that he ended up marrying her, and that is then the genealogy. So let's keep going. Verse 6, Jesse was the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother was Bathsheba, the widow of Uriah. And it goes on and on. Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary gave birth to Jesus, who is called the Messiah. Verse 17 says, all those listed above include 14 generations from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the Babylonian exile, and 14 from the Babylonian exile 
to the Messiah. We also see Rahab's name in Hebrews chapter 11. Now, this chapter of scripture is called the Faith Hall of Fame. This is a chapter that lists all the great, incredible acts of faith in scripture. And it goes on and it lists all of the things that happen. There are only two women mentioned in this chapter, Sarah and Rahab. Hebrews 11.31 says, It was by faith that Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God, for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. So we see her there listed as this incredible woman of faith. We also see her name later in the book of James, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But what is so special about this woman? How is this one person who has this little part of the story become such a big part of our, our scriptures and of a life of faith? Now, she was a prostitute. This is not a stellar start to her story. We don't know everything that had happened into her life up to that point, but we can assume that it wasn't a great start, that there was a lot of challenges and things going on. She was not an Israelite. She was not a part of the inner circle of the people of God. This was not someone who had grown up um, with the scriptures and understanding. And this moment is just one very small moment in a long life, but there's something in her story important enough that we see her name over and over in scripture. And so I want to talk to you today about two things that make Rahab special. Number one, Rahab believed. She believed. Something inside of her knew that God was God and that he had more for her life than what she was experiencing right that moment. She heard about this God. She says, hey, I've heard of what he has been doing. I've heard of this God. And she believed in who he was. And she wanted in. Something inside of her believed. Now, she had no history with God. This would have been um, a culture that would have had lots of gods and served lots of different pagan gods. But something about this, she heard about the things of God. And then she said to the spies, I believe that the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. Something about inside her spirit, she heard of this God and knew that he was real and that she wanted to be a part of this family. Now, this moves my heart, and I think this moves the heart of God. Now, I grew up in a family of faith. My parents believed in Christ. My grandparents believed in Christ. Their grandparents. I grew up in this environment where I was taught the things of God from an early age, and I grew up in it, and I knew it, and I, I was able to observe people of faith all around me and how they lived their lives, and I'm so grateful for that. I wouldn't trade it for anything, but there is something really incredible about people who come to faith who have never had anyone in their world be a person of faith before. The people who are the first in their family. The people who hear the whisper of Christ calling out to them when they haven't had any kind of foundation of a spiritual walk. There is something so incredibly beautiful about that. And that's what I love about Rahab. The Spirit of God drew her heart to him without any outside influence until that moment. She just believed. She knew he was real deep down in her heart. 
I think that God was particularly moved by the faith of this woman because she was an outsider who believed in him, especially after the frustration of the unbelief of the insiders, of the children of Israel. They had just come through all of this time. The plagues, the Red Sea, being fed manna in the wilderness, a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. God continued to do miracle after miracle, and yet they still doubted God all the time. Numbers 14:11 says, "The Lord said to Moses, "How long will these people treat me with contempt? Will they never believe me? Even after all the miraculous signs I have done among them." They had it all. The instruction, the teaching, the signs, the wonders, the miracles, everything, and they still doubted. But Rahab over here with no history and no scripture and no examples She believed, I know that he is the one true God. That is powerful. And that is why she's in the hall of fame of faith. Because something rose up in her that said, I believe that this is the one true God. Even though I haven't seen it, even though I don't know anything about him, I sense it in my spirit. She had faith. Something in her knew there was more out there than what she was experiencing right in that moment. Holy Spirit tugged at her heart. And she grabbed a hold of it and believed. She had faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us, faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. Rahab is a great example of that because she hadn't seen it before. And yet she believed. So can you just picture it? Can you picture this woman hearing stories? Hearing stories out there? And then something rises up in her that just says, I have to be a part of this. I want to know this God. I want to be a part of that. And she hears the stories of the new people who've conquered the nations. And instead of joining with everyone else in her city and her town, thinking of how they can defeat these people, something ignites her in her heart and makes her determined to be a part of them. She believed. And maybe you feel that way too. Something inside of you has been drawn to the heart of God. That is the Holy Spirit drawing you. And maybe you grew up in a family of faith and you've seen it, but doubt has crept in. I believe that God is just whispering to you, believe me, I really am as good as I say I am. The plans I have for you are really as good as I tell you they are. Believe me. Believe that I am stronger than any other thing you might face. Believe in me. I am worth it. Maybe something inside of you knows that your life was meant for more than what it looks like right now. I think of Rahab, this woman who probably didn't feel like much, who had been used by other people, probably felt pretty invisible, probably felt pretty, you can imagine everything she might have felt. And then she had this stirring of a God who said, I see you, I know you. And I'm coming for you. That is beautiful. Maybe something inside of you knows that God has more for your life. You can't see what it is, but you're confident of it. You can't touch it, but you have assurance way down in your heart that there is a God and somehow, someway, he wants to be a part of your life. Now, maybe you've never asked Jesus to be a part of your life. 
And yet you've had that little gnawing of, I know that there's more out there. Today is the day that you can be like Rahab and say, I want to be a part of this family. God, I want to give you my whole life. I want in. I want to be a part of this. I know you're real. And if you haven't made that step, today is a great day to do that. And maybe you've known about faith for a long time. Maybe you're living your life one way, but deep down inside of you, you're not living up to the plan that God has for you. There's a disconnect. God wants you to live a life of belief. Maybe you've settled for something along the way, and although you're just going through your days, you know that God has more for you. Maybe you just took the job because it felt logical and something inside of you is going, yeah, but that's not, I got something more for you. Follow me, follow me. Maybe you're dating that person who is nice enough, but deep down you know that this is not God's best for you. And you keep making excuses and excuses and yet God is saying, no, 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 no. Trust me. The plan I have for you is so much better. Just trust me. Or maybe you're just spending your days accumulating stuff and running in this crazy kind of suburban wheel that we're on. And yet somehow we have to have this moment that we stop and go, wait a minute, what are we all living for? The glory of your name, God, the building of your kingdom. And we have to stop and say, wait a minute, am I listening to the voice of God calling to my heart? Am I attuned to his voice? Am I listening for him to be able to call out to me and lead me where he wants me to go? So what if you listen to that Holy Spirit whisper in your heart to believe that God is as good as he says he is and to believe that he will do all that he has promised to do and to live your life for Christ? Rahab believed, and it completely changed her life. So the second thing that Rahab did was Rahab acted. So she heard of this God, and she confessed with her mouth, I believe that your God is the true God of heaven and on earth. But then there came a moment that she had to open that door. The spies are there and they're knocking and she has to make a decision. I've heard of this God. He sounds amazing. Something in my heart is calling out. But when push comes to shove, am I going to open the door and let these spies in? Am I going to hide them? Am I going to protect them? She had a lot of moments where she had to make a decision whether she was going to just believe or whether she was going to believe and then act on that belief. Rahab was known for her faith, but she not only believed there was more than what her life was at that moment, she put it all on the line and acted on that belief. She helped the spies. She helped, she hid them. And then she left her whole community, everybody that she knew, everything that she had ever understood. She left and became grafted into this whole new family. That took some bravery and that took some courage. I can imagine that moment. Her heart believes it. But she hears that knock on the door and she has to decide, am I going to do this? Am I going to step fully into this? Am I, am I going to walk this thing out? Or am I just going to believe it in my heart and yet stay behind that closed door? And know that I believed it, but I never did anything about it. Jeff and I think, uh, talk about this a lot. When we um, left, he was a worship pastor for a number of years. And probably about 10 years ago, we really felt the Lord stirring us that there was a new season coming. We didn't envision homestead quite yet in our, in our heads. But we knew God was calling us to take a step of faith into something new. And we didn't have another job lined up. We didn't have a plan. We didn't know anything other than that God was saying, 
do this, go, take a step of faith. And I remember us going back and forth of like, well, maybe we could wait until we have it all figured out. And maybe once we figure this out, then we'll, and we kind of kept kind of hemming and on a little bit, trying to figure out how we could get out of this crazy act of faith. And I'll never forget Jeff saying to me, hey, you know what? Do we believe this stuff or not? Like we talk about it all the time. We say it all the time. God will provide. We'll lead wherever he says. It's easy to say it all, but when push came to shove and it was signing the paper to be done and not have a steady income and not know what's next, that is the moment you're opening the door to the spies. And we all talk a lot about what we believe, but there has to come a moment when our faith becomes action. And we have to take that step. Now, believe me, I know, that's hard. <laughs> we thought maybe we had lost our minds. I think a lot of people maybe thought we had lost our minds. But I imagine Rahab's family probably thought she had lost her mind. But there is something about seeing what you can't see yet and hearing the voice of God and saying, okay, I believe it, but now I have to act. I have to step out. I have to now act upon this belief. A lot of people say they believe, but then they don't do anything about it. They say, I believe in a higher power, but it doesn't bring any kind of change to their lives. It doesn't impact any other part of their lives. They say, I think God maybe wants me to share my story. And then they say, oh, but I get nervous and I don't know. And we talk ourselves out of these things, right? They think, oh, maybe God wants me to go on a missions trip or do this. And then when push comes to shove, it's, oh, well, the finances and the time and the work. And we talk ourselves out of these things. Or maybe they say, I think God wants me to do something different with my life. But we don't have the courage to actually make the change and do what God is asking us to do. And I get it. It's hard. But we have to put our belief into action. There has to come a moment where we don't just say we believe, but we have to open the door and we have to step into what God has for us. James 2 in the NIV says this, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that. I like it when Paul gets sassy. Good for you. You believe there's God? Great. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. And scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. And then here we go, verse 25. In the same way was not even Rahab the prostitute 
considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. We quote that scripture all the time. Now, I love tying that into, this is about Rahab. That's the kind of faith we're talking about. When we say faith without deeds is dead, we're talking about a woman who was willing to give everything for a God she had never seen and a faith that she had never experienced or observed. That's the kind of faith that you and I need to have. It's one thing to believe. It's another thing to act. Faith is not just believing. It's acting on that belief. It's not enough to just say that you believe. You have to do something about it. It has to change you. It has to impact your life. You can't say you believe and then continue doing things that you know are dishonoring to God. You can't say you believe and then only give him this part of your life and keep just doing whatever you want over here. Our belief has to translate into action. It has to take over and encompass everything. Your life must reflect your beliefs by your actions. So is there something that God is asking you to act upon? Is there something he wants you to do? Maybe it is just as simple as giving up that thing that he has been telling you, you know this is not my best for you. This is not the way I want you to live your life. And yet you keep holding on to it. Turn that belief into action. If God is asking you to give something up, it's because he has so much better for you. Maybe it is stepping out and doing something that God has asked you to do, and you keep rationalizing in your mind why it's so crazy. And yet God is saying, you have to open the door. I promise you, the life that I have, it's going to be amazing. We see Rahab's legacy. We see the legacy that came from this prostitute from Jericho. Because she opened the door and acted on her belief. God is moved by our faith. And you know what I love? When we believe and we act on that belief, God jumps in and helps us. He doesn't expect us to then act all on our own strength. This is one of my favorite verses. You should write it down because I say it over and over again when I start to think, I can't do this. This is one of my verses. 2 Thessalonians 1.11 says, So we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. See what that says? The things that your faith prompts you to do, the Holy Spirit will come in and give you the power to accomplish it. So when your faith is prompted to do something, don't lean on your own understanding, but lean and say, okay, Holy Spirit, I know you have promised to now give me the will to act on this and to step out in it. The power to accomplish all the good things that your faith prompts you to do. God will give you the power to do all the things that he has for you. But you have to take the step. You have to crack the door open. You have to be willing to do it. Rahab opened the door. She took the risk. She decided that she was not going to stay in the life she had been living because she saw how good God was and that he had something better for her. And so he was, she was willing to take that step. She not only believed, but she put her belief into action. So as we wrap up today, 
I guess my question is, do you believe? Do you believe that God is as good as he says he is? Do you believe that the plans he has for you are better than anything you could ever imagine? Do you believe that he is almighty and all-powerful? Sometimes it's just good for me to just focus in on who he is. God, I believe in who you are and that you are watching over me. Maybe today is that day that you need to say, okay, God, I'm in. I've heard of you. I believe you are the one true God, and I want you to be in my life. All you have to do is say, God, I open my heart to you. I want into your family. And when you do that, you're grafted in just like Rahab was grafted into the family of God. Maybe you know deep down that you're not living the life that God has for you. You can sense it. It's somewhere deep in here that this isn't, this isn't what I'm supposed to be. This isn't who, I'm not being who I'm supposed to be. Let God whisper to your heart. And secondly, is there something you need to act on? Is your belief stuck in the belief stage and it hasn't moved out into the action stage? That can be really scary. But you know what? God is faithful. And cracking that door open is going to lead to a whole new world. But you have to take him at his word. Do we believe this stuff or not? We say it, but it comes a time that we have to act on it. It has to be reflected in our lives. So I want to just pray for you today, whatever that might be. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's direction. Maybe it's a relationship. Whatever it is, I believe that God is there to give you the wisdom, the power, and the will to act on every good deed that your faith prompts you to do. That is our promise, and we can take it to the bank. So let's pray this morning. God, I just thank you so much for your word. Lord, you are so good, and you love us so much. And so, Lord, first of all, I just thank you for putting this story of this incredible woman in Scripture. Lord, someone wholly imperfect that we can all relate to, but someone who deeply sensed your calling to become hers, to become yours. God, I just thank you so much for your heart for us, that you see us, you really see us, whether we have been discarded by others or mistreated by others or are struggling, God, you are the God that comes and you find us. And you whisper to our hearts that we belong to you. I thank you that you are that kind of God. And I pray that every person in this room, every person watching online today, would have a sense that you see them, that you know them, and that you are longing to be a part of their life. That you are the one true God and that you have an extraordinary plan for them. So Lord, help our belief to grow. Help us to believe in who you are. And secondly, God, we want our belief to then move into action. Forgive us for the times that we've just said, well, I believe it, but we haven't put our feet to it, God. We haven't taken the steps that you have asked us to take. So, Lord, once again, we commit ourselves to you. Whatever you ask, Father, whatever you desire, we are yours. We belong to you. We will obey. Give us the courage, Lord, in the moment that we have to crack that door open and take a step I pray that you would just give us, through the power of your Holy Spirit, the power to act on everything that our faith prompts us to do. We are your people, and we love you today. Let our actions reflect our beliefs.
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.